0: a nice lesson that the world learned about Polaroid pictures from the outcast song is you don't do that. Cause I think up until the song came out, everybody shook a Polaroid picture mm-hmm. and then some, some educated folks came around and said, you're not supposed to shake a, shake it like a Polaroid picture. And everyone said, Oh cool. Good to know. I'm going to, I'm going to tell other people that and sound smart now.
1: I figured it out. Yes. Before that,
0: doing it myself. <laughs> it's like, so, "Oh shit, I just wrecked this picture." You have to thank Andre 3000 for yeah, for telling everyone educating the world how to properly shake a Polaroid picture, which is don't don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> dinner in 10 minutes but I wanted you to hear this firsthand. I showed him the list and he can help. Great. With which part? All of it. He can fill the whole order. You do know it's 100 million rounds, right? Henry has contacts in Albania. That country's one giant arsenal. Tell him the best part. They're in the process of joining NATO so they have to dispose of all of their Soviet era weapons and I can get most of different pennies in the dollar. Now tell him the other best part. You're looking at the exclusive agent for the whole thing. Why don't you just bid on the contract yourself? I'm on a watch list. Like a terrorist watch list? Mm-hmm. Got it. Wait, what? OK, how much for the AK ammo? 10 cents a ride. I'm sorry. You're on a terrorist watch list? Do it for Homeland Security? Relax, bro. Well, you two should probably talk to over. We will, but we are very interested. Good. My flight leaves tomorrow morning at 10. I can't spend more than 48 hours in this dump. That's what I always say. Vegas is a two-day town. I was talking about America. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 80, and my name is Scott. My name is Michael. Wicked. just the two of us. That's it, man. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news before our featured review of Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah. From (laughs) director... David McKenzie screenwriter here is Taylor Sheridan who wrote Sicario and you may have heard of that I don't know yeah that was his debut script (laughs) which is insane and he uh, previously acted on the show Sons of Anarchy which I will say was the winning answer at my screening of the movie Uh, and I was awarded a swag bag Pretty sweet swag bag you of got Blu-rays. Here. We may do a giveaway. Uh, we <laughs> w- w- what is what is in our swag bag giveaway here?
1: Well, we've got a, a classic from 2012 by the name of Arbit- Arbitrage. Arbitrage. Mm-hmm. Arbitrage. 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 Starring Richard Gere, Susan Sarandon, Tim Roth, and Britt Marling. Uh, this is supposed to be really good. I haven't actually seen it yet, so <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, a great thriller gripping and ingeniously involving is what the box says. Okay. And the bo- Arbitrage. You know, like, the case never lies. Uh, you also got Criminal, which is a... Um, this is probably the best <laughs> movie quote on a box ever. A fast-paced action
0: movie. Yeah, that's all. It doesn't It <laughs> so, doesn't say if it's good or bad. just says what it is.
1: We got uh, Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Tommy Lee Jones, Alice Eve... And Gal Gadot. Great
0: cast. And what's the third movie? We we have Jane Got a Gun.
1: Jane Got a Gun with Natalie Portman, Joel Edgerton, and Ewan McGregor.
0: <clears throat> we were going to review this movie earlier in the year. Things got in the way. Uh, these three movies, we can do a giveaway on Twitter. Uh, you can go to our website, verticalviewing.com, verticalviewing at gmail.com. Hit us up anywhere. Explain why you would want to view... One of these films. Exactly. We could pick probably, one of them. We could probably limit the giveaway to North America. Yeah, I don't uh, think we can since, send them. Well, these are probably, I believe, region locked. Um, I assume
1: so because that's what we do in North America. Mm-hmm.
0: So you can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of your choice. Uh, totally th- region locked. Th- yeah, I believe it. Uh, go to iTunes. Leave us a five star rating if you can. We beg of you. Helps us get back onto the new and noteworthy page. And, you know, that's where you want to be.
1: If it's going to take some swag to get a five-star review from Mm -hmm. from you, uh, just let us know
0: which one of these you want. Exactly. Go into the iTunes uh, review page for vertical viewing. Leave us a five-star. Give us your best recipe for... Ooh. Uh, (laughs) What do we got?
1: Homemade ice cream cake. Oh, my
0: goodness. That's crazy. Homemade um, ice cream cake? Dairy Queen has a monopoly on that shit, and I want to know. I like I, good call because who knows how to even make that exactly? So. I really want to know. Let us know how you make homemade ice cream cake. Uh, it seems so strange. Like, do you bake it? You just sort of shape it, right? Like you just it, shape it. You just shape it. But I assume you're gonna have to make your own ice cream too. There's a cake somewhere deep in that
1: thing. <laughs> who knows? Because Let- the Dairy Queen ones have like fudge cookie crumble stuff mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. I hope someone makes homemade ice cream cake because... <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh So yes, iTunes, leave us a five-star rating there. Uh, our website is verticalviewing.com. Uh, you can donate there if you like. We accept PayPal. Anything and everything you can do, it helps us, you know, offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on a show. Uh, we really appreciate anything that the listeners can do parking this on the internet yeah fortunately that's not free so it helps us rent that little space out on the internet to call our own yeah you know the nostromo lounge you need that little corner yeah the nostromo lounge has to live on a little server somewhere in some database buried underground everything Mm -hmm. is being recorded by skynet
1: i'm okay with skynet recording our our stuff
0: yeah, that's fine. We also recorded like we record this knowingly and put it online, so
1: <laughs> Yep. It's a little different, I suppose, when you're recording <laughs> yeah, something and Yeah.
0: When I say it's rec- being recorded, it's my <laughs> own <laughs> fault. Through, we're doing it. I'm doing this. <laughs> uh so you can send us your thoughts and recommendations to our email address, which is vertical at gmail dot com. Uh that's where you're gonna go. Let us know which of the blu rays is right for you. Do you deserve all three? Who knows? Let us know why you would. Tweet us as well. Mm-hmm. Tweet us at uh, verticalviewing. Like I said, vertical Viewing at gmail.com. These three movies, we will send them anywhere in North America. And and, and sorry, what are those three movies again?
1: Well, I, be... I know you guys ran through them a few minutes ago. We got Arbitrage. Mm-hmm. We got Criminal. Oh, yeah.
0: And we got, last but not least... Jane got a gun. Okay. uh, Criminal seems like a crazy movie. It's a body swap movie. Some CIA, like they take a prisoner and put it in someone else's body. psychopath. I don't know. But the cast is so sad, you know, that these people are in this movie that clearly was not a hit at the box office. Uh,
1: It's so weird to see Kevin Costner headlining this thing when you've got Gary Oldman and Tommy Lee Jones... Right there beside him. I mean,
0: these are all Oscar winners that just crush it. And here we are making Criminal. Smooth Criminal. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. Uh, Let's get into the show, however. Let's do it. Mike, what have you been watching?
1: Well, uh, I think it just went up on Netflix. And I remember I had wanted to see this when it originally came out in 2015, which is Michael Moore's new documentary, where to Invade Next. Okay. Have okay. you seen it?
0: I've been meaning to watch this for ages. Uh, I let my mother down. She told me to watch it months ago. and Still, I'm not done this. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. It's good. Okay. It's uh, unlike...
1: Because I've seen a few of Michael Moore's documentaries, and I I've, I've thought they were all pretty well cr- produced. Like, he put them together very well. Uh, many of them had a pretty heavy bias... Because you know, as a docu- documentary filmmaker, you've got your voice and you're obviously gonna steer your audience to what you want them, the, the conclusions you want them to come to. Being objective in a documentary is almost impossible because we're humans, right? This one has a little bit less of that because it's about him <laughs> invading other countries, mostly in Europe, uh, and stealing their good ideas to take back to the US. And it's unbelievable. So it's a,
0: it's a like, bit of a misleading title. It is. Okay, it is. that's not that's that's a sh- bit of a shame I guess that they went with Yeah, I don't know why. I mean that's still a good movie that he should make, but this this isn't the what that title suggests.
1: Well, he he kind of prefaces the whole thing by saying America invades a country because it wants something. Like it's never just out of the goodness of our hearts or their hearts since I'm Canadian. <laughs> So, him going and, like, we want this, relating it to oil, but instead of, why are we going for for oil, why don't we go and pick up this really good free education system for everybody or this healthcare system that's working or the, like, all of these things, like, the, the unions that are so strong over there. He actually interviews the CEO of Ducati in the Ducati factory in Italy.
0: Okay, the... Motorcycle motorcycles. Motorcycles, yeah.
1: And all the employees absolutely love working there because they get paid reasonable, like enough to live on, but it's a huge work. Like they, they get eight weeks paid vacation. Like th- th- Everyone that finds out about having, say, two weeks at a decent job in the US to start off with, th- they can't believe their ears. It's like, well, what? Mm-hmm. People need vacation to live. What are you talking about? They can't be working all the time and they get like a 2 hour lunch break so so the employees go home with their to to the, their home with their families and make a nice lunch and then just come back and they're absolutely fine they love life because they've got a decent job but they're allowed to be a person and have a life outside of work and it doesn't all <laughs> revolve around that yeah and the CEO is just like no this is great because our workers love being here. I remember
0: when I was in Italy that was the work day was very bizarre. People like I we I was up early cuz oh, my time was all messed up, jet lagged. so I was up like 8 or 9 in the morning, no one's around, like no one's going to work yet. Then at around 10:30, 11, rush hour. It's so like 10:30 in the morning. It's
1: such an interesting documentary cuz it 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 shows you all of this and we think we think like I do too. And just, wow, that's crazy. Really? How, how do they get away with that? Productivity is just as high as it is in North America. Like, because people don't burn out and they work better because they're well rested. And it's pretty good. It's it's so like, that's just one part of it. And then they go to high security prisons in like Norway or something. And it's, it's kind of like a ranch. Like the prisoners sort of just take care of themselves. The wardens are really just there to make sure the guys don't leave but they don't really get involved they don't beat up the prisoners or anything it's this little community and it's unbelievable how like how effective it is and, and the education system being free and not they're like how like how can you live with yourself sending young people off to school to get an education and then being tied to that debt for the rest of their life yeah
0: um so of course if, people are going to drop out right And
1: the big uh, I'm going I'm going to throw in the big twist here is all of these ideas came from the US these other countries didn't in, come up with the ideas themselves they took it from 50 60 years ago I love it Okay it's like this is what the US was aspiring to be and now it's just super corrupt And so and and
0: so the movie sort of plays a reversal on you and, yeah. and it says like guess what all these cool ideas that you thought you just saw originally American are all and yeah just want to be even more sad guess what it's so heartbreaking to think
1: because they talk about the banking system in um, Reykjavik in Iceland like when the they had their economic crisis all like almost all of the bankers I think there were 50 guys that were involved in because Iceland's not a huge country they were in charge of all of the investments and stuff and their economy crashed 47 of them, I think went to prison or something like that. Like they were all prosecuted and sent to prison. And then a bunch of women took their place, like a bunch of female CEOs and the country is doing amazing. Like it, it came back even stronger yeah. than before. <laughs> like, so they, and, and the the guy, the lawyer that prosecuted them got help from an American lawyer who prosecuted, uh, investment bankers back in the savings and loan debacle in the eighties. um, and he can't believe that no one went to jail for the 2008 crash and that stuff is still happening yeah. today that's leading up to another crash. Uh, so it's it's heartbreaking to see how good other countries have it taking these ideals but not allowing people to just corrupt the whole system. Right? Like it, keeping things in check <clears throat> and treating the rest of the society... As if you know they're equals, they're human beings, right?
0: That's that's. It's interesting because what Michael Moore is doing throughout the movie, going to other countries and quote stealing their ideas, that is what all the other countries have already been been doing. Yeah, like he's he's just following in the footsteps of everyone else, all the other countries who've already done this.
1: This great loop back to oh shit, these were all stolen, not stolen, but co-opted from American yeah. ideas before. Which, like,
0: I'm not even doing something original here.
1: No. <laughs> it's So, definitely worth a watch. It's a little longer. I think it's a good two... I think just over two hours long. Okay. Uh, as far as documentaries go, I think that's longer than the norm. That's fine. But it's great. Check, all, check all, it out. All it's,
0: of uh, Alex Gibney's, the Gibsters, <laughs> documentaries yeah. are over two hours, I think. I got... Wiki, the WikiLeaks one, we steal mm. secrets. I'm probably gonna watch that this week. Nice. Mm. What I did watch this morning actually is a movie called Imperium.
1: I've heard of this. I'm so, sure, I've heard of this.
0: So this is a movie starring uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and it's uh, directed by Daniel Ragusis. Essentially, the plot line to this movie is Daniel Radcliffe plays Nate. A FBI agent who goes undercover. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, as a white supremacist, skinhead dude into this Nazi ring who wow. may who may or may not be planning a terrorist attack. Okay, so it's like he, he, I guess he works for the anti-terrorism squad. Hmm. Um, do these things need to happen anymore? Like, aren't we just... I don't know. Hasn't it basically just
1: been said that the NSA listens to everything everywhere? Well, <laughs>
0: like, they still... These are like... This is based on a true story, apparently. Oh, uh, okay. Imperium. And it says that right on the poster.
1: That's the selling point. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Inspired by... Remember in, in the 90s, soundtracks for movies would have... It would say, music from and inspired by... The movie, yeah, speed. stuff that stuff that wasn't even in the movie, and it's just like, what is what is going on here? This wasn't even in the movie. Like,
1: The Lion King had a whole like an entirely separate CD that was released of like African inspired music, uh, that ended up in my house when I was growing up. <laughs> it was actually really good, but I, I remember thinking, what the yeah, shit? right? That was
0: my first encounter with that whole. It's a weird hey. thing. Um so so this is inspired by a true story basically of an anti-terrorism squad essentially setting up terrorists to the point of right as they're going to commit an act, right? You know, it's you ever hear these stories on, you know, where an an agent of the government has sold you know, weapon products yeah. to make a weapon to somebody who, who, with the intent of like, you know, hey, yo, I can sell you fucking parts to a nuke. Yo, we can blow up the White House. Like, okay, sure. And you're caught. Yeah, and then this is an entrapment scheme. Um, That's kind of what is going on here a little bit. There's like some cesium that's gone missing. Oh, shit. There's a really cheesy character named Dallas Wolf that is essentially like an Alex Jones ripoff. All right. You know, trying to like rouse up the crowd on like a radio show, saying like they're out to get us, conspiracies.
1: Uh, I, sorry, I, I just took a look at the cast while you're talking. There's not a lot of no heavy hitters in this Tony Collette
0: is the only. Yeah, she plays the op, you know, the FBI agent who's sort of sending Daniel Radcliffe out onto this mission, and she's chewing her gum a lot and she's pretending to be tough and it's brutal. All and right, I, you know what, man? I hate when I hate when characters just like. Just chewing the gum, <laughs> just like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, just dealing out orders well, what with was the it, gum. It, it, like,
1: it was a cigarette hanging out of the side of the mouth like yeah, you can't 15 do that. years ago.
0: It's just, I, I hate when actors really play up, like, that they lean on the gum, if you know what I'm saying. They lean into it. You just like,
1: don't appreciate acting with gum, man. I'm pretty sure there's a, a good, like, six-week course about like, gum acting. How to chew it properly to get your emotions across. <laughs> I,
0: I, I understand that acting is a lot easier when you have something like a cigarette or a, a prop to, to act an emote through. Like it helps actors do it.
1: But gum is not something that you should do it's that It's just with. like
0: so played out and like, oh, she's a tough, sassy FBI director chewing her gum loud.
1: Does she like flick the gum at his forehead? Cause that would be good.
0: <laughs> um, the, the dialogue in this is awful. It's uh, terrible attempts at, like, tension. So Daniel Radcliffe gets, like, sent into, you know, this terrorist cell, mm-hmm. this white supremacist, Nazi skinhead cell, shaves his head, goes in, creates his identity, sets up a medical supply company that is capable of housing nuclear material in its, you know, in the storage room. So he's okay. so he's sort of like equipped maybe to like, yeah, maybe I can carry out a terrorist attack, yo. So he's sort of like pushing these uh you know
1: So he's basically entrapping activist. them all.
0: Well, a little bit. He's trying to find out who who is stole the cesium, because gotcha. someone did. Um It's it's please tell me it's Tony
1: Collette that stole the cesium. No, it's not. <laughs> okay.
0: So I haven't seen Green Room. But I would imagine the tension in that. I just know the tension in that, just from reading reviews and hearing what Red ta- uh Mike saw it as well. Red, mm-hmm. I think, really enjoyed it. And apparently, it's just razor sharp, edgier seat shit. This is attempting to be that. Um, however, like these characters, uh, you, like you never get the sense that Daniel Radcliffe is in any sense of in any sort of danger at any point. That's disappointing. Uh, these these characters. Like the the villain characters, these evil skinhead dudes, they don't do anything. Like they beat some people up, drop the end bomb on some people. They're just they're just so assholes. They're just,
1: so they're just bullies, and there's not really any sort of real sense of danger. And then you,
0: you never get the sense of yeah, Daniel Radcliffe's oh man, he's in on this. This this like if this came out a year from now, and they'd seen Green Room, th- like this this would have been much more like thriller esque. Mm. oh man they're gonna kill him and shit like there's there's a scene where Daniel Radcliffe has like a laptop with some like some surveillance evidence on it underneath his couch and one of the dudes comes into his apartment it's sort of snooping around and you're supposed to be thinking like oh no they're gonna he's gonna find the oh shit he's gonna find the laptop and there's no tension at all And at one point, the character leans down. He's like, "What's this?" And you think, "Oh, he's got it. He's found it." And then he pulls some sort of thread, or like, "Are you shitting?" Like a like a shitty sort of scrap of material off the couch, and he goes, "Man, your couch is falling apart, man." Oh my god! It's just these terrible attempts. It's like, oh, is he? It's it's rough. It's, so, it's rough. So
1: they're trying to make it tense specifically for the audience, because none of that seems like it would be at all tense for the no. actual characters in that situation.
0: No, no. and, and like the, Like, Daniel Radcliffe has not been privy... To, like, he doesn't know any sensitive information. The characters who he's initially with drop right out of the picture, and there is a decent reversal on who you find out who did steal the cesium. It's not Tony Collette, but it is a decent sort of twist right. that comes around, but... This movie's rough. Imperium. It had a really great trailer, I remember. I don't know if I've ever seen it. And the internet really ate it up. And I remember Mike at work was sharing it with me. Check it out, man. Imperium. It looks so sick. And then the other day I said to him, hey, I watched Imperium. And he goes, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs)
1: Uh. Yeah, there seems to have been a lot of that lately. I remember a movie that had a great trailer called Suicide Squad.
0: What is that? Is that some sort of I don't know suicide? Yeah. Are we? What are we? Some sort of Suicide Squad? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's disappointing. Um, anything it, else on that?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's he there, he does an interesting thing with like these guys are obviously like white pride, right? White power. These assholes uh, clearly have an ego. And Daniel Radcliffe interestingly plays with their egos at some points, where uh, he knows that someone amongst this ring of white supremacists is planning a terrorist attack, and to sort of push people into maybe revealing who's the mastermind, uh, he calls them out. Sort of is like, "Are you not committed? Are you not willing to go as far as I am? You know, to Mm -hmm. show these, you know, n words and." K words, like they call the Jewish people the K word, man. It's you know, it's rough. Oh, okay. they drop, they drop the real, you know, the the real bombs, the real racist bombs. Uh, so, so he sort of pushes their buttons in, in like Instigating the- taunting them into thinking, you know, like you aren't uh, committed, and um, suggesting that they they aren't man enough to be in this, and it works every time. Hmm, it's pretty good. But the movie, no good. Six out of ten at best. Imperium, I don't know. No okay. good. Okay.
1: So wait for it to be on Netflix. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. We also watched War Dogs. Yes, we did. Okay, it... let us talk about War Dogs. Okay.
1: So this isn't gonna end up being like a mini review, I assume, since we can we can get into it. Yeah. Okay.
0: I wasn't a huge fan yeah. of the movie. I I enjoyed it. I know I know you did. And you said this is one of your, so far, one of your, amongst your favorite of the year.
1: Yeah. It's in, well, that also speaks to the year. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But it was one of the most entertaining movies I've seen this year, that's for sure.
0: Okay. Explain why it would be in the running for your top 10 here. Uh, Other than just having a shitty year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay, I'm just going to say it right away. Anna de Armas,
0: <laughs> you have a new crush. Yeah, she is beautiful. So that that would be Miles Teller's, the, yeah, wife. the actress
1: who plays Miles Teller's wife in the movie. Um, she's pretty
0: distractingly, yeah, attractive.
1: Yes, it's true, and she's going to be being Blade Runner too. So,
0: like, she just doesn't look like a mother who's been taking care of a kid all day long. She like she you know she's just walked out of a photo shoot. No. And looks impeccable no, I mean, at all times. It's 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 Which it's, is fine. It's a little you're right it is distracting. I I remember
1: as we left the theater my girlfriend saying she was gorgeous. Like yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um sure her name will be everywhere in oh, a, in a few years very I believe. Soon. You're right? Yeah, She's very just soon. all we need is Michael Bay just to say, "Hey sweetheart, would you like to be in a Transformers movie?" And then the rest No, I hope that doesn't happen. Actually, you don't actually become famous if you be in one of those, do you? Look what
1: happened to Megan Fox. Um, and Her acting was okay. Like I, I wouldn't say that she blew me away, but She's I, thought fine. The, I thought the dialogue uh, and the, the chemistry between Miles Teller and Jonah Hill, I, I really enjoyed that, like all of their back and forth. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Hill, I thought, I, I've read a few reviews, and it seems to go either way here. You either enjoy what Jonah Hill did with the character, or F- you absolutely F- hate it. Ephraim, Ephraim. yeah,
0: e- Ephraim is his name.
1: Yeah, you either like what he did, and this is based off of a true story, mm-hmm. right? So once, I, once
0: again, inspired yeah, by.
1: So I assume he's kind of basing his mannerisms off of the actual guy, I think.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, I, because they, they they do show those uh, sort of screenshots at the very end, or there's you know photo. Like side by side shots of the the real people. Yeah, you know. So uh his laugh <laughs>
1: caused a few laughs for me, actually. <laughs> yeah, this it's like, pretty it's...
0: good. I, I I don't think they paid it off well enough, though. I mean, they set it up to to. I, I thought we would have some really dark and serious moments where we were really, you know, in a shitty place. The audience is really. No, feeling you're... it and then we get that laugh you know piercing out of the darkness we, i didn't feel any real payoff with that no it, it was it, funny but i
1: thought it was good characterization uh like this asshole who is only in it for himself for the most part and he says so um but i thought the movie did a good enough job of uh at least putting that on the back burner for some of the film like you know so what's this about so, War Dogs is about a couple of gun salesmen that become gun runners, basically. If, if Lord of War... Arm, mi- arms
0: dealers. Lord of War mixed with Superbad. Yeah, that's actually pretty pretty good. Or uh, The Hangover mixed with Lord of War. <laughs> I mean, Lord of War is, is the base mixture. It's the sour cream that you're adding the ingredients to here. Mm,
1: sour cream.
0: <laughs> it's, it's so <laughs> similar in structure to Lord of War that it's distracting. And it... I, again, it's based on a true story, and I guess that's sort of, you know, the.
1: It's a little unbelievable, even though it is based off a true story, that a couple of these, like these young twenty-two-year-olds, is that how old they are? Mm-hmm. Get a three-hundred-million-dollar defense contract, yeah, for the U.S. Just the two of them. Uh, and,
0: and and I don't really know if we get a full understanding of how they do that, but
1: uh, like,
0: how are those connections well made? This, I guess because Ephraim already is in the gun running business and he has those and they, inside.
1: And they're doing the low, like, they, they explain how Bush and Cheney or whatever opened up the low end guys. So private people,
0: private contractors. And they could do illegal movements of weapons so that they could.
1: Well, and it wasn't supposed to even be illegal. Like, that wasn't how to enter. No, but
0: because Ephraim was doing illegal gun running, then he had connections to get things as cheap as possible get the lowest quote and then that scene where you know the directors are like you came in
1: you lowballed the 80 million dollars under
0: the lowest bidder
1: yeah and that's simply because they're doing business with a blacklisted arms dealer who can get them everything they want in one order the problem with this whole giant order for them to fill as it shows in the convention in las vegas was that it was a logistical nightmare to order all of these different pieces of it mm-hmm. from all of these other suppliers. And all of a sudden, this one guy shows up and says, I can get you all of it.
0: And this would be Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. So your thoughts on his performance here?
1: Uh, he's pretty low-key. I don't it know.
0: does not seem like he's there for very long and really he's probably, fully engaged. He's probably in it
1: for five minutes.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Throws a few punches, a couple of hands of poker,
1: so he's alright, but his character, he didn't have much to work with. His character's kind of very even keel. Even when he's threatening Miles Teller, he's still kind of even keel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we find out at the end, he doesn't like to do shit like that. And he was only doing it because he thought he had to. Uh, so I thought he played that pretty well, but it's its nothing to write home about. It's pretty standard. It's yeah. like, good work Bradley Cooper, but, yeah, yeah. but you're not gonna win an award for it. Um, and I'm sure he knows that.
0: No, it's, it's like it uh, feels like almost like a favor to Todd Phillips. Yeah, basically. In a way, right? Um I love the quotes as chapter titles throughout this yeah. movie. They, they sort of have these italicized quotes that if the screen will just go to black and you'll just have a a little phrase, like a little half a sentence thing, usually with some profanity in it, like, God bless Dick Cheney's America or something yeah. I believe is one of the chapter titles. That was definitely one of them. <laughs> um, they're usually f- little funny quips that out They they come at you out of context initially, and you twist your head, what the fuck does that mean? And then that whole chapter that you're watching usually has a little cherry at like the very end of each sort of segment of the movie has one of the characters saying that quote. Well, and that quote kind of... Sums up sort of the last chapter. It, it, I, I kind of like that. It's an elegant way to...
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've also, as I said, reading a few reviews, some people didn't like that, but I thought it was a nice way to break up the, uh, each section of the film. Yeah. And
0: also to add a bit of a bit more political like satire to the movie Mm -hmm. because all of them felt a little bit like, uh, not onion headlines, but they felt like. They political, were
1: close. Political cartoon. Political satire. Yeah,
0: like you know, political cartoons. Just you know, your typical sat satire type stuff, like Daily Show. Yeah. Type things. Um, but they were
1: real. <laughs> like it's. They felt like you were right. They felt satirical, but then you watched this mm-hmm. absurd story unfolding, and it just fits perfectly with an event that's really happening. Like I you, wish you can't like you just can't believe this is really going on.
0: I mean, I wish this movie was found footage. Uh, um, uh, I don't know about maybe, that. Maybe not that far, uh, but I mean, if it was a little more raw and felt a little less traditional, it would have been. Uh, you know, maybe it. If it was like felt like documentary style, like, like a mockumentary. I don't know. I don't know.
1: It'd be. I, I don't know. That'd be hard because it, it, it'd be. Difficult to get those intimate character moments. It's just be like,
0: I, I, this is some boilerplate stuff. I've said this a lot lately, but this is just, this is your classic rise and fall of like a, a friendship or a, uh, you know, a dangerous business that gets in over their head and like, all the money has gone. And at the end, maybe we're friends again. And like it, it follows the exact same roller coaster path plot line you see in all these movies. and. I'm so tired of the Scarface references in, that's in all,
1: that's movies. That's all like, this movie was, was a giant Scarface reference. I'm done. Reference.
0: This movie pushed me over the edge for that, man. I'm done. You can't make any more movies with Scarface being ironically referenced in some way. Like, oh man, imagine if the characters wanted to be like Tony Montana. That would be so hilarious.
1: So much and, so they have a giant, like, 15 foot picture of him yeah. in their
0: office. And, 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 and and the, the 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 irony here is that you know Tony Montana did a bunch of cocaine and died in a shootout. Like he he went down in a blaze of glory. Not, not even not even no. that. Like made a bunch of money and died sitting on all of it when it was counted by the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and yeah. In,
0: like so, it's so stupid to to idolize Tony Montana in that movie. And I I came up with an interesting. It dawned on me, Mike. It dawned on me. That the reason why Scarface has the reputation that it does in our society today, uh, I'm going to blame on MTV Cribs because (laughs) every time they would go to a rapper's house on MTV Cribs, they would have Scarface playing on the tv in the background it became like a meme it became like a joke where okay. you know they can't become a scarface playing here 24 hours a day like it <laughs> it became a joke like having scarface on your tv on a tour of your house is like a joke and i i'm just we're done with
1: so once once someone uh does a tour of my house i'm going to make sure i have hot shots on there okay that's totally Sheen. yeah
0: that's a way yep. better movie to model your life off <laughs> Um yeah uh it fit with Ephraim's character so well it does but it's like it's not as satirical and wacky as I wanted the movie to really be yeah I can see that Um like I wanted some more biting commentary and like an ironic use of Americana and propaganda a little you know like I mean we do get fortunate son playing when the helicopters come in which is like can, can we be done with that as well <laughs> like that's, I know that's in C- every S- credence film. Clearwater Revival. Like I know they're like synonymous with the Vietnam War and, and and helicopters. You know, like the the army helicopters coming in,
1: which makes sense if it was not you know in Afghanistan. Oh wait, this was in Iraq. They were in Iraq when this happened. Yeah,
0: so. but it's it's just it, it's that it's just that classic Forrest Gump style. You know, like
1: yeah,
0: I'm well. done with that
1: just the go-to it yeah. seems to be the lazy uh lazy way out
0: um so on the same token though as like not being satirical enough uh it doesn't really reach any like dramatic crescendos i thought or like memorable moments of like catharsis with the characters
1: it was uh like i was tense when he was in where was he which country uh with uh, all the millions of rounds of ammo, oh yeah, them.
0: yeah, I believe he's in Romania. Um. Yeah,
1: Romania. Uh, as soon as you realize just how much of an ass Ephraim is, and he's gonna try and fuck him over, mm-hmm. and you, he knows it, and we know it, then I got a little bit worried for his well-being because the the film at the very start shows him being pulled out of a a car with a gun to his head. Yeah, so you're like, okay, this part's coming up. <laughs> yeah, how does it go? Um. Although that was pretty lackluster when it, it actually didn't, happened. it didn't
0: really make much of it. No, yeah, it didn't. He kind of turns him to the the plot. He takes him to the parking lot and presents. Okay, you're done. Go yeah. back to the movie.
1: Yeah. So, I I thought it was tense leading up to that. I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and then it happened, and I was let down. <laughs>
0: like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Um, uh, do you think like the marketing may have been misleading for this one slightly? Like, it's it's a much more of a straight comedy drama. You know, regular movie. It's not as wacky or over-the-top hilarious as I think the ads make. it. It's not The Hangover, right? There's no...
1: No, it does... The marketing, like the the trailers, the TV spots did make it look a little more like these guys were sort of... It's a party de- de- movie. Devil may care attitude with what they were doing and just doing mm-hmm. crazy shit because... Yeah.
0: It's not some sort of party movie, right? It's No. Um, I have some serious issues with the character of Is... The gorgeous Anna de Armas. Mm-hmm. She starts the movie like isn't this anti Iraq war activist style uh, who, who, character. Who has two brothers that are fighting. So. Yeah. So and then that is just jettisoned very early. Like she just okay, whatever. I know now I know my husband works you know for this arms company supplying yeah. weapons.
1: Yeah, her character didn't get a lot of uh let's say meat. To work with. She was she really existed solely for some sort of emotional conflict. Like, it's
0: well-worn her. characters. Like, yeah. to territory for, like, that kind of character. Yeah. Like, the barely it's conflicted like, wife of a white-collar criminal is just... Like you're doing like, things you shouldn't be doing. It's just such a cliche character. I'm
1: gonna go stay with my mom. Yeah, no, man, no, they always
0: go stay with their mom when... When the guy gets in too deep, and she's carrying the baby exactly the same way as the the wife does in every movie, and she's cleaning up the houses.
1: Well, there's only so many ways you can carry. I know, baby. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, which is too bad. I assume if it's if it's anything like the source material, then that's probably how mm-hmm. shit went down. But
0: I I do like that they actually did. World hopping in this movie, I think they they really did go to Eastern Europe. I think they're in Romania. Well, it looks like it. Well, they they are. I looked on. Oh, okay. the the shooting locations and they are in the Middle East, I which think. is in nice to see. Jordan, I think. So yeah, they actually did go places, and it, it yeah, because they are
1: in Jordan for like it, fifteen it re- minutes. It
0: pays off. Like when you go to the country that you're setting your movie in, or in the vicinity, you just turn your camera on and. Voila. All of that millions of dollars you'd be spending on set design, you don't have to spend look, you're in Turkey. You just Do it. Need, you just need the filming permits. Ah oh, man. Um Yeah. It's solid. It's well written. I, th- I thought it
1: was well made, well well acted. Like it's
0: it- you know, confident is yeah. is like it's Todd Phillips is becoming a, a regular filmmaker now, which is interesting. It's not just, this is not an embarrassing, just shitty throwaway comedy. It's, just, it's a regular mm-hmm. movie, almost. Um, it's not as wacky and satirical as I wanted it to be, but, yeah.
1: I like Miles Teller. I actually expected, jo- uh, I didn't realize, based on the marketing as you're talking about, that it would Miles Tell- be Miles Teller as our primary character, mm-hmm. with Jonah Hill really as a supporting role. Because he like it it follows Miles teller through the whole thing, um I expected it would be a little bit more of the two of them, yeah, which we we get a decent amount of that anyway, but
0: but Jonah Hill seems to be controlling a lot of the operations from back in the u s whereas yeah. miles teller's out in in the trenches, yeah, yeah, and it just compares to Lord of War in so many ways, uh we were gonna do we we're gonna do a full review of this. This with, week
1: with Lord of War,
0: yeah, uh, and I recommend Lord of War much more highly over War Dogs. It, it's just all of the territory that is covered in that is covered, you know, in like yeah, War, Lord the, of War is a good film. It's it's just every every single topic that you have in War Dogs is just covered in detail much better in Lord yeah, of War, Lord of War yeah. and and the scene the the big sequence in War Dogs where they're converting the shells from Chinese. AK-47 shells, the bags. repackaging them so that they can sell them to the U.S. Uh, you know, they just don't want to be traced. They're getting cheap Chinese shells.
1: And there's the embargo, so they're, the U.S. is barred from doing business. They can't with do it, yet. so they have
0: to repackage it, blah, blah, blah. Um, that sort of misdirection, there's a great scene in Lord of War where they're on a tanker ship. Do you remember this scene? And
1: It's been a long time since I've seen Lord of War. Yeah, Nicolas
0: Cage is, has He's you know, sort of commissioned an entire tanker ship to run guns uh you know across the the yeah, ocean yeah, okay. and he's Ethan Hawke is on to him and he's got skiffs and boats heading you know patrolling the area looking for him and he knows the name of the boat i think it's supposed to be the uh Cristal or something i think and anyway he changes the name he gets one of his deckmates to go over the side with a little you know painters Trolley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually spray paint and like put these, you know, big huge letters down with big stencils and repaint the name of the ship. And it's a great scene because, you know, Ethan Hawke's coming around the side of the boat just as he's sort of finishing the paint job and stuff. Uh it's a great movie. I have to rewatch this. Yes. One. Lord of War. Is there anything else? That's our review. Technically our review. Let's give it War a number. Might I'm it, giving well. it. I'm giving it a six and a half. Se- I, seven for me. I want it came out of it as a light seven, but then it really, like it, it faded from my mind really quickly and did not leave any impress. You know, like impressive mark. Fair uh-huh. enough.
1: See, it's funny that a seven, which is what I give it, <laughs> is one of my top films <laughs> of the year. I know. Year. <laughs> I know. See, that's
0: <laughs> that, if we go and look at your numbers, I'm sure there's there's. Not a lot of high ones. At least, there's probably a bunch that are more than seven. Well, Deadpool Ghostbusters, probably.
1: Deadpool, Civil War, I think Ghostbusters was like seven and a half. Yeah, see?
0: So there's a few. You can't compare numbers to each other, okay? No, no. doesn't work that way. Um, I don't think I watched anything else. I I could talk about No Man's Sky all day. I don't think we need to do that. But (laughs) we should take a break.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. My, no point that, my point is My point is Are roll. you ready to
0: be fucked, man? I see you roll your way into the semis. Dios mio, man. Liam and me, we're gonna fuck you up. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh... your opinion, man. Let me tell you something, pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes...
1: I'll
2: take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus.
0: Jim
1: Carter. Yeah,
0: so you'd never seen this before. You'd never watched Jim Carter in your life.
1: I'm surprised I've never even heard of it.
0: So we just watched. The whole movie. Well, almost the entire almost. thing. We're
1: not quite at the end yet.
0: Of uh, of Jim Gymkata, the 1985.
1: Gymnastics, martial arts. Classic. Classic. It, uh, like, at the old video rental store in my hometown, it had a shit ton of terrible movies, and every week my friends and I would try and find the worst looking film we could and rent it and i'm really surprised we never came across this. Yeah,
0: you you must have it must have been there. I
1: assume because it had like American Ninja 5 where the cover is a purple ninja and a yellow ninja. It might actually be a little different, but two brightly colored ninjas standing across from each other holding swords with the handle pointed to like p- the handle is pointed towards each other. So are they holding each other's swords? I don't really are they offering? I'm I'm, I'm not sure what these ninjas are doing, but Apparently, the American ninjas have no idea how to actually ninja. <laughs> but this, oh my god, what a gem.
0: Yeah, Jim Kata is a hidden gem. I don't know if we'll do a full review on it. Maybe not. I do love how it turns into some sort of survival zombie horror movie.
1: It felt an awful lot like Resident Evil 4 mixed with it Bloodborne. Really cool. Where, where are you? I was super into that section
0: of the movie. <clears throat> we should probably take this time to reveal that we are maybe working on some sort of project involving Jim Uh Don't spread any rumors because we just made it up like 20 minutes ago. Oh, no, it'll happen. But... Uh, kind of want to make a gymkata theme something has to happen with yes yes the property is ripe we need a new you know hero in the gymnastics world and anyone
1: who can spin around beating townsfolk up on a pommel horse well we just
0: need whoever's you know the the male winner Who, who won the gold i don't even know i didn't watch any of the olympics did you
1: not really yeah uh Usually so, I would watch them if I was working
0: We can find that out and then just hire that, that guy or, or you know, maybe in this day and age The, the idea would be you would do an all-female Jim Cotta reboot Right, you reboot Jim Kata with an all-female cast No? Mm,
1: then that's just Dead or Alive <coughs> Have you seen that? No The movie based on the game, Dead or Alive? No Okay so there's, like, Jamie Presley, or Priestley, or whatever, and uh, some other folk. I think Eric Roberts this might be in it.
0: This isn't the volleyball game where...
1: Yeah, well, because that's based off of a fighting game.
0: Oh, so it's like the volleyball, it's like a spinoff game? Yeah.
1: Extreme Beach Volleyball is a spinoff <clears throat> of the actual okay. Dinner Live fighting series.
0: It's getting bouncy in here. Yeah. Um, so the news of the week. Jared Leto is going to be in Blade Runner 2 in a significant role.
1: Yeah, they're just taking all I of heard. the uh, cut Joker footage oh, from no. Suicide Squad. Even,
0: <laughs> don't even pretend. You're not even allowed on the show. Denny Villeneuve would never do that. If you start poisoning the atmosphere with these kinds of lies. Slanders. No, he apparently has a large role in Blade Runner 2 alongside... Ryan Gosling, Gosling. and Harrison Ford, and Robin Wright, and... Honor de Armas. You got it. Pretty cool cast.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, Denis Villeneuve so far has not made anything that's been bad that I've seen, that I know of. Has he?
0: No. No. No, no, he doesn't do anything bad. So the question now becomes, are you excited for what... For Jared Leto to be in this movie, if I asked, if I told you that Jared Leto was going to be in Blade Runner two a year ago, would you be any more or less excited now after seeing No Suicide Squad? That no, doesn't me... that doesn't have any bearing on this news.
1: No, not at all. I because uh, the Joker is such an iconic role, it's it's hard to do that well. And
0: he's pissed off apparently at Warner Brothers, right? Is he? Yeah. For
1: cutting out so much of his performance? Yeah. Um, But Jared Leto is a good actor. So one misinformed performance doesn't cause me any any worry. Anything I'd seen him in, I I think he's been fine. Requiem for a Dream, Fight Club, 30 Seconds to Mars. I mean, that's not really an acting gig, but whatever.
0: So... I don't disagree with you. I think that Jared Leto is a good actor. Um, there's an interesting article from The Atlantic by Angelica Jade Bastion. She says, <clears throat> Jared Leto's turn in Suicide Squad is the latest reminder that the technique has become more about ego and marketing than good performances. And the article is, Hollywood has ruined method acting.
1: I've never been a huge fan of method acting anyway. Okay. But that's just me. Like That's just my personal opinion.
0: That apparently is what happened on the set of Suicide Squad. He went
1: far too method.
0: He was in character the entire movie, the entire production, from what I understand. Like, I don't know if I buy all this crazy shit that happened on set, like him sending used condoms to the cast members and crazy shit like that. That's not something the Joker would do. Yeah, but he's like the Marilyn Manson kind of Joker. He's like the, you know, go-to, you know, cyber-goth-concert-style Joker.
1: Oh, actually, speaking of this, I forgot to mention in what you've been watching that I, because I forgot that I watched it, uh, The Dark Knight. I was just doing some house cleaning and I put The Dark Knight on. Man, Heath Ledger is amazing as the Joker. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say about that.
0: Well, and you also have... Christopher Nolan treating the character with so much care yeah almost with maybe too much care you know almost like delaying all of the reveals you know there's almost not enough Joker in it he, he's a little too careful with
1: he uses him sparingly It's it's he uses him you sparingly. know
0: what I mean almost too sparingly but he didn't know that Ledger would be so good no well
1: his original plan was to keep Ledger as well through the rest of the series too Like, mm-hmm. and, but obviously that didn't happen
0: yeah uh, it's a shame that this time around, we well, see like both, it, it, it feels like, you know, they put in an equal amount of method act. Like did, did Heath Ledger do the same thing? Why does Joker, why does the character of Joker need to be method acted? If so to speak, why did, why do you need method acting when, when the, the role of the Joker, I think is. it's
1: probably hard to get into that sort of headspace. It's so far removed from what a sane, normal person would be that maybe it's maybe you have. Well, I don't know. Jack Nicholson, did he method act? I don't think so. I'm
0: not. I think he did a lot did just in general, no, just okay. as you know.
1: Well, that's that's actually a, you bring up a very interesting point. Does the rule of Joker require you to fully become the Joker to really get it across? So far, we have two examples of that being amazing uh Mark Hamill who voices the Joker doesn't method act him. No, you don't and need he's to. He's amazing as yeah. a voice actor. Yeah. Uh and now we've got Jared Leto who didn't really fill the shoes. So, well,
0: we're at 66%. <laughs> so, uh, according to the Atlantic article, uh Angelica says w- watching Jared Leto tell one disturbing tale after another makes one thing abundantly clear uh Method acting is over. Not the technique itself, which has fueled many of cinema's greatest performances and can be a useful way of approaching difficult roles. Uh, but Leto's stories show how going to great lengths to inhabit a character is now as much a marketing tool as it is an actual acting technique. One used to lend an air of legitimacy Uh, verisimilitude and importance to a performance no matter its quality Leto's Joker is the latest evidence that the prestige of method acting has dimmed thanks to the techniques overuse by those seeking award season glory or a reputation boost uh, as well as its history of being shaped by destructive ideas of masculinity
1: what was that last part
0: (laughs) Um I guess I see that it feels like there's a bit of commentary there from the writer. Um but the, it, like typically I guess you could argue that method acting is roles where it's a troubled ma- male character. <clears throat> you know.
1: Yeah, someone that uh, like as I said with the Joker is so far removed from a very masculine norm. character. Just that exists totally outside of the societal constructs. That
0: I mean, this is an interesting take. I, I mean, Daniel Day Lewis wouldn't like he he would be evidence of just like no, it does work. You know, there's there's reasons for it working, but it's a shame that it generates so much buzz. I guess people real like.
1: Yeah, but Lewis keeps it restrained, doesn't he? Like he No, there's no, that, he like, like in, really? in okay. Gangs
0: of New York, didn't he like refuse to wear like they were shooting in winter and Scorsese's like, "Here, put on this jacket, this like Canada Goose down jacket because it's cool. He's like, "No, I won't wear it because it wasn't didn't exist in 18, you know, 87."
1: Cuz that really informed Yeah, and, and he got the got m-
0: pneumonia and like the production got delayed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what does that
0: do, right? Does that show up on screen? I don't know. I don't,
1: I, I guess it could be argued either way. I've never been a huge fan of method acting myself simply because I guess, and that's why like, it kind of cheapens it for me. Yeah. Like you're not so much
0: acting anymore as you are just it, it's distracting becoming like it'd be I, better yeah. if the audience didn't know. It's, it's like it'd be better if the production kept this secret.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Right, like they, they it, it, if they didn't, if it wasn't newsworthy, um, but I guess I can see why Jared Leto's pissed because he did all this crazy method acting to get his performance to be as memorable as he thought it could be, and they chopped the movie to pieces, and apparently there's enough movie cut from him.
1: Like just to make a whole movie to make a whole Clibes, Joker yeah. movie,
0: so I, maybe that's why he's mad. I don't know. Uh, I'm Felt sure like I'm it sure was just any, a waste of time.
1: Any actor, any big name actor as well, is going to be pissed off when their role's reduced from what they think it's going to yeah. be.
0: <clears throat> and so we don't know what his role is going to be in Blade Runner Two. Of course, uh, the assumption whenever I hear casting for this movie, I just assume they're going to be a replicant.
1: Everyone, <laughs> you're a replicant. You're a replicant. You're a replicant. I mean, so. Robin
0: Wright is for sure going to be a replicant, right? You Maybe? think? And she looks like one with the, like short haircut. Make her just this bionic, you know. Like she looks sort of like Daryl Hannah. She does look a little like, Darryl but like Hannah. an old, older model, you know. Just like if Daryl Hannah had aged or something. I I don't know. She could be like Pris 2.0,
1: possible. I don't know. I think everyone's straight up replicant.
0: The entire thing. That's, oh that's man, that's the, the whole <laughs> movie. Is everyone's going to have their theories, right? Uh, so the next story. This is a weird one and people didn't really know that this was happening, but um so you're you're a big Lebowski fan, I would imagine. hmm So did you hear about
1: John Turturro?
0: John Turturro as Jesus So he plays a character Jesus Quintana. Jesus Quintana and he's this amazing bowler wearing a purple suit, licking Just an ass. <laughs> just just licking the bowling ball. Has a cocaine fingernail, his pinky's all long so he can do drugs. Uh, He's just this slimy piece of work. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he is in a movie called... It's a remake. It's called Going Places. It's a remake of a 1974 French film called Les Les deux Not sure. Apparently, it's uh, about two petty thieves... John Turturro's Jesus and Bobby Cannavale's Petey, Petey compete to give a woman her first orgasm after she's roped into their hijinks. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Susan Sarandon also ends up in their company playing a criminal who just got out uh, after a long stint in prison. So it's some sort of road trip movie with, wow. with Jesus Quintana from, from The Big Lebowski, the Big Lebowski. This thing could be a huge disaster. I'm not sure what to think about this.
1: I'm curious.
0: I mean, this This is sort of... I mean, you hear Jeff Bridges saying he'd be up to make a sequel to Big Lebowski. He He's expressed like he's totally down for it. I don't know if the Coen brothers would ever do it. Um, It would be great, but this might be the closest we maybe ever get to that, I guess.
1: Well, it's such a ridiculous idea that it fits so well with everything that happened in Lebowski so I don't know I'm
0: it could be good right I think it could be good um, John Turturro is pretty good he's fantastic uh, okay yeah I'm excited I'm excited you for sign that you off for yeah. this. so you like Rob Thomas right you're a fan of the, the Matchbox <laughs> 20 not, not that Rob <laughs> Thomas he can go to Fucking hell. No,
1: the director of, like, uh, and creator of Veronica Mars arm. and... Make Mars <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica
0: Mars, iZombie, Rob Thomas? Yes. Yeah, I like him. The, the, the creator of Veronica Mars and I, Zombie is developing a Lost Boys TV series. Come again? Yes, that's what I just said. So a Lost Boys <laughs> television series. Okay. Rob Thomas is going for that. I mean, I'm not a huge Lost Boys fan, but that sounds... Beyond perfect.
1: So it's like 80s vampires then?
0: If they set it in the 80s, which I'm sure they will at this point. The 80s are huge right now. It is so hot right now.
1: Huh. Okay. Uh, I, I liked The Lost Boys. It scared the shit out of me when I watched it because I was too young. Right. But, uh, yeah. And the, actually the scene where uh, the main character dude, Michael, um, is eating Chinese food and they looked. he looks down and it's all like bugs or something. That has stayed with me to this day. Yeah. So, You're a fan
0: yeah. of The Lost Boys? Uh, it's, it does its job. It's Joel Schumacher, right? So it's trash.
1: Yeah, but I mean... It's classic it,
0: VHS. Like, it's the 80s and it's v, v, VCRs and horror movies. and
1: Corey Feldman slays.
0: And Corey <laughs> Haim. Both the Corey's. That's are. true.
1: The Corey's. Yeah, the whole build-up to the fight in the house at the end of the movie is pretty great. And the fact that it's like the kids that are really, the teenagers, preteens, young guys that are fighting off these vampires is pretty great. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, The sequel's for s- shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. Get ready to be pretty sad. Natalie Portman has said that she's done with the Marvel universe, so she she will not be returning for any of the future Marvel films as Thor's girlfriend. Okay, you uh, you upset about that? <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> not at all. I honestly forgot she was part of the universe. Didn't like she she's never been in any of the Avengers no, movies. Just,
1: just she's been mentioned in the Avengers movies. It's
0: hilarious that she has to be sidelined yeah. in both of them. Yeah. Like you're not even in like a cameo scene, like. No, I don't care. She should be shooting... She should have been shooting Avengers cameo scenes when she was on set for Thor 1 Th- and 2.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I liked her in those movies. She was fine. But...
0: I, I actually really like Thor 2, man. It's Dark World. It's crazy. I love the Dark Elves so much. <laughs> it's trippy. The end where they're jumping through portals and stuff, it's... And, and like, into the Dark World and coming back, it's... It's cool, man. It's like whole, it's kind of like Stranger Things.
1: And the whole Loki deception is pretty great at the end, too. That sets things in motion. Ooh, for
0: We still don't know how there was... Yeah.
1: No. Although, <clears throat> Tom Hiddleston, I think this was on the show before, did say that Thor Ragnarok is his last Marvel movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So Well, I mean, that felt like such a weird... That felt like... The end of Thor Dark World with Loki on the throne, that felt a little bit like uh, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes where they have Ape ape Lincoln <laughs> Do you remember that? I do remember that Where they show the Lincoln memorial at the very end It's just this little gotcha moment uh, That doesn't what, uh, seem to make any sense What
1: happened with that movie? Anyway
0: We're not talking about Tim Burton's <laughs>
1: Planet of the Apes No we're talking about uh, Natalie Portman
0: Yeah we are actually Okay so the next story is Involving John C. Reilly okay. And Will Ferrell
1: Ooh are we getting more stepbrothers? Close uh more Ricky Bobby Tal- Talladega Nights Ricky Bobby 2
0: same production company we're getting a Sherlock Holmes and Watson it's going to be called Holmes and Watson what yeah we're getting <laughs> okay. we're getting a Sherlock Holmes movie with the step brothers dudes
1: oh my god i hope this is good
0: i i uh, the only reason i are obs- they going to be idiots in it because Hopefully it's rated R and they're stupid fucking idiots yes my my only issue here is that I'm guessing this is like how how different can this be than the guy Ritchie universe, which I guess is still a thing? Are we gonna get any more of
1: I think they both he and Downey jr have said that they're up for continuing so Robert
0: Downey jr is currently the big screen version of Sherlock Holmes. Then you also have Benedict Cumberbatch playing mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes. And they're
1: both really good in their own ways. Yeah, and then you uh, also... Ha-
0: I think you have Johnny Lee Miller playing oh, Sh- yeah.
1: Sherlock on, Holmes. on elementary on uh, American it, it, it With Lucy Millers. Liu. Yeah. Okay. Which, actually, <laughs> I watched the first season. I think it's on season three or four at this point. So, obviously, I stopped watching, but it wasn't that bad. Okay. Johnny Lee Miller is a pretty good actor. Uh... Yeah. So that's all I have to say about that TV show. I mean, I it guess... wasn't it wasn't bad at the time, but I don't know how it could have been strung out mm-hmm. so long.
0: I mean I guess you might Will they be British? This is we this is really weird. Will this be set in modern day or will it be set in the eighteen hundreds? I really, I really, hope, I really hope it's or... like
1: a modern day take on it, but they're like descendants of these fictional characters. So that's why they're just going by the last names. Hmm. <laughs> just like okay, Shylock Holmes. And I mean, I
0: I really want a Step Brothers two though. That yes. w- would be fantastic.
1: Oh, what if this is just a big twist, and at the end it's revealed that it is just the Step Brothers pretending to be Watson and Holmes?
0: Yes. Oh, I would love that. Okay. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yup. <laughs> um. What else you got? Well, yeah. Originally, the project was going to have Will Ferrell teaming up with his other Talladega Nights co-star Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, but now it will be Will Ferrell as Sherlock Holmes and Riley as Watson.
1: Is that because Sasha Baron Cohen is <laughs> not very marketable these days? Uh, well, it's just
0: weird because imagining these two putting on a convincing British accent is a little difficult. Maybe that's where the comedy will come from. So it w- it made more sense when. Sash Cohen was in there.
1: So one of them's got to be playing the straight man. And I guarantee you it's not going to be Holmes. I just,
0: I don't think that Will Ferrell can do a very good British accent. I think John C. Riley can. He's, he's a really talented actor. He can he do whatever he wants as an actor. Like he's in Gangs in New York. He has a really great Irish accent. I don't know if you remember. He's he's
1: pretty good in everything that he's in.
0: Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell might just, I can never take him seriously Ever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really hope this isn't trying to be serious. No. Uh, I also hope it doesn't end up being Anchorman, the Sherlock Holmes story.
0: Yeah, it feels like it just could be that sort of style. Mm -hmm. You know, very improv style. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the other guys. (laughs) It is good. As long as it's rated R, right? That's where I always come back to. Uh, So... Roger Cormans unreleased Fantastic 4 movie. Oh yeah. Do you know much about this thing?
1: Uh only through Arrested Development season 4. Okay. Cuz it was an integral part of Arrested Development season 4 talking about the failed movie
0: that existed just for rights or something like that. That's that's exactly right. It's uh it it's a 1994 Fantastic 4 film that just looks terrible. It looks so bad and uh it's it was made just to retain the rights of awesome of Fantastic Four. There's a documentary coming out called Doomed.
1: So does it include Fan Four Stick, which was made just to retain the rights? <laughs> yeah, that thing,
0: that weird thing. Um, I mean, I could see this. This would be cool. A documentary, like I'm, I'm into movie documentaries mm-hmm. that sort of cover the making of movies, uh, especially Dune like projects. Yeah, Jodorowsky's Dune. It's amazing. Uh, the Death of Superman Lives.
1: I have to see that one. You haven't seen it? No.
0: It's a pretty trashy documentary, but it's there's a lot of good stuff in it. Interesting
1: stuff. And that's the Tim Burton-Nick Cage <clears throat> joint, Yeah. right? Okay.
0: Yeah. That, it, it, it's, it's interesting. There's so much crazy stuff that went down with that. And there's this this producer, this hairdresser guy, <laughs> not kidding you, uh, the guy who produced the original 89 Batman was going to produce the Superman lives and he <laughs> is crazy. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, doomed. I don't it says it's getting a release sometime later this year. And the cool. th- the actual box office numbers for this weekend. I don't, I don't know ooh. we don't always bring them up. Uh but Ben Hur ooh we're, we, this was never something we were going to review. No, uh, Well, we
1: were talking about it during the break, and I said, from the moment I saw the trailer, I just didn't give a shit about this thing. <laughs> there, like, it, it did nothing right no, in my eyes. No, no.
0: Yeah, it seems just like why you know, people who were making that all day, they just were there to get a paycheck or just something. like. Did any, it seems like it. At any point, did anyone ever think that this was going to be something that... That audiences would care about or just, they see the poster for it and then they no one even remembers it exists, you know? Like, it, it's that level of... it has gone. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's coming out. Right. Ugh. So it made uh, approximately, it, it, I think it had a huge budget, <clears throat> is the problem. Looks like it. 11 mil.
2: Oh! Oh!
0: <laughs> yeah, over the whole weekend. Wow! Yeah, so I'm glad we didn't go for that one. What we did go for, though, and I think we chose wisely. We took we we chose the cup. You know, we're in the the knight's tomb, and we're choosing the cups. Ooh! We chose the we chose wisely. I think. I think so. With hell or high water, like I think we chose wisely. We took the right cup. We See, drank from the proper fountain.
1: And hell or high water has flown. Under a lot of radars, I think Because I haven't seen much marketing for it I didn't know about it really at all Until you uh, mentioned the screening That you were going to mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I
0: don't think it was on a lot of festival circuits It didn't seem like it was sort of Floating around and then
1: So I'm a little sad that it hasn't generated more buzz Because this is Well, I'll talk about it obviously in the review But yes is This is say, some right?
0: prime, prime Movie making
1: It is so good Alright Let's get into it then.
0: Our review of Hell or High Water.
2: to trace funds from a casino. All right, once you get the checks to the bank, trust is
0: untouchable. You can't tell nobody nothing. Right? Well, what is there to tell? I mean, you boys won that money gambling, didn't you?
2: How much you you making on this deal?
0: Not
1: near as much as I'm risking.
2: Why are you doing it then?
0: You know, they loan. The least they could. Just enough to keep your mama poor on a guaranteed return. I thought they could swipe her land for $25,000. That's just so arrogant it makes my teeth hurt. To see you boys pay those bastards back with their own money? Well, if that ain't Texan, I don't know what is. So that was a clip from Hell or High Water. Toby is a divorced father who's trying to make a better life for his son. His brother, Tanner, is an ex-convict with a short temper and a loose trigger finger. Together, they plan a series of heists against the bank that's about to foreclose on their family ranch. Standing in their way is Marcus, a Texas ranger who's only weeks away from retirement. Uh, As the siblings plot their final robbery, they must also prepare for a showdown with a crafty lawman who's not ready to ride off into the sunset. Hmm. See, that sounds pretty generic. Yeah, but it's not, right? Not at all. Hell or High Water is directed by David McKenzie, uh, written by Taylor Sheridan, and it stars Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Jeff Bridges, uh, Gil Birmingham, Katie Mixon, uh, Dale Dickey, and I think that about it the rest are just feel like people they just scraped off the side of the highway like locals in from texas those locations rough looking individuals um so yeah this this movie came out of nowhere as you were saying um and and it does have a somewhat normal premise bank robbers you know robin hood-esque kind of dudes robbing the banks to
1: and God do they keep it tight and constrained. Holy shit.
0: Oh yeah. It feels refreshing to get a movie that is just straightforward and well executed in every way. I can see why this movie has a ninety nine or ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes at this
1: and as of this recording. Apparently got an eighty eight Meta score, which is pretty high. for Metacritic, that's huge.
0: It's 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 just very hard to find Any flaws in this movie, pretty much. Um, I found a couple in the last maybe five minutes or so. I don't know if you'll agree with me. We can get to that in spoilers. Okay. Um, I'm curious. But this movie is near flawless. And it's, it's Chris Pine, I think, that really stands out. Jeff Bridges is always great.
1: I don't know, man. Ben Foster, for me, was the standout performance. Yeah.
0: I mean... I think you just dig his heroic character.
1: Well, I think I, I think for me, Ben Foster's kind of an unsung hero when it comes to acting. Like he's,
0: I think he's really good, and he just does not. Maybe it's he, a he's choice. not. Uh, he's sorry, he's not subtle though. No, but he's I, he's an unsung hero, that's for sure. But he's he he draws attention to himself quite often, and he like he's a very bombastic actor.
1: Well, and this character like was per, that was perfect for this character. Mm-hmm.
0: So, let's crack into this thing. Let's do it. This this is kind of the best way to review a movie, I guess. Not having a lot of lead up, not seeing trailers months in advance. Just, hey, here's something that is apparently really good. Let's go check it out. Go check it out. What did you think of Hell or High Water?
1: Uh, I, well, obviously, I really liked it.
0: I had an interesting screening
1: because it was a Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. And I think there was about 20 other people in the theater with me, and they all looked like they were 50 plus okay. in the age range, like some retired couples and stuff like that for the most part. Uh, so I was the youngest person there by far. And oh man, they were they were loving this movie. They were laughing so hard. It's, it's a surprisingly
0: hilarious movie.
1: As the best dramas are, because if you try to be
0: too super serious all the time,
1: you know what? Life has funny moments. People need some levity mm-hmm. to get through crazy shit that's happening, right?
0: And people's guard goes down when especially if they're in the theater to see something that's really dour and you know, slow-paced and talky and dramatic when when the humor bursts in people it, it really breaks the tension.
1: It's it's so good. Perfectly. Um, the writing is done very well and all of the lines are delivered perfectly with the actors so you believe the few characters that we see in this film they actually have a relationship like uh ben foster and chris pine the two brothers you you can see that brotherly interaction that they have with the little wrestling that they do and just it's pretty great and just making fun of each other and you know giving each other a hard time that's really well done and entertaining to watch it's endearing like you you start to really pull for these guys who have
0: and it's easy to make that really cliche and forced, that, that brotherly... It's true. Like, most movies don't pull it off and one, nearly as well as this.
1: And one thing I think this does very well is it turns sort of, just like everything that is, is good uh, and sticks with us, is it turns our expectations on our head. Uh, ben Foster, who plays the convict brother who... We find out, like, shot their dad. I think is what I got out of that. I believe that that might be abusive father. So he shot them to Mm -hmm. protect the family. So you see, just through these little inter uh, exchanges, a little bit of dialogue that they would naturally come up and just talk about things. You get this huge backstory of their relationship, and so that does it does that very well. But you'd think this guy, this loose cannon, would be the one that's behind all of the bank robberies. But no, it's the straight laced. Brother Chris Pine, mm-hmm. he's the one that came up with this. He's the one that wants to do it. Um, So that's a little refreshing, I, I find. It's not the the crazy guy who's like, "Yeah, let's go rob some banks to do this." It's it's the capable, calm one who knows what needs to be done and convinces his older brother to help him out. Yeah, that that, that
0: yeah sets all of this in motion. I, I'm with you when you say that he, that Ben Foster is not the one who wants to. To do the robbing of the banks, there's there's a really great line towards the end of the film, at the very end, that Jeff Bridges delivers. We can get to this later, uh, that that sums up Ben Foster's character perfectly and the the type of person he is and why he robs the banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it 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 is great, and the way that sort of Chris Pine, you know, tries to stay as clean as possible during this whole.
1: Yeah, and uh, how realistically the characters are portrayed in the fact that uh, it shows in the trailer, like Ben Foster saying, you know, or Chris Pine, they're at a diner, Chris Pine saying, you act like we're not going to get away with this. And Ben Foster's like, I, I ain't ever known anybody to get away with anything. Uh, so he's fully prepared to accept it. And seeing Chris Pine be like, you know what? Yeah, OK. I know what I'm doing. I know what's wrong. I'm mm-hmm. doing it for a very specific reason. I don't care. Um so that's really cool.
0: Yeah, we it's really obvious how quickly like Toby is established as the crazy one, right? Like Yeah. Or is he Tanner? Which one is uh
1: no 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 Toby is Chris Pine, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ben Foster's character immediately from the opening shot, which I thought was quite brilliant, where we have the spinning camera sort of rotating around you know and the bank comes into focus super long lens and then you know the car sort of parks drives around and then we get the sort of coming around and holding the the woman up uh i i thought it was a great way to set up ben foster's character as you know the unchained like yeah. we we immediately recognize him as the the crazy one who's you know sort of the, the loose cannon of the pair, I guess.
1: Yes. um, And that, like, his character is so great to add tension to the film because you're not really sure what he's going to do. You can tell based on everything that they show us and how he acts that he means well. Like, he, he's trying to do the best he can for his brother, like for his family, but also being, you know, himself. So there's a couple times where you're like, oh, shit, how is he going to screw this up for both of them?
0: Um, yeah, right. How How have you stayed out of? Yeah, you know how,
1: how you stayed out of prison for a year. Yeah, it's been difficult. Yeah, <laughs> great like, lines, right? It's been di- uh, <laughs> and seeing the opposite end of the spectrum, Jeff Bridges and his partner um, Alberto. What's what's Alberto's last name? Hold on, I got this here.
0: He's, Give he's, Alberto his respect, man. He's, he's he's a great actor. He's he's but he's for sure the uh,
1: Alberto Parker,
0: the, the the sort of hero of the film, right? Yeah, like just because he takes the bullshit of. Jeff Bridges.
1: The racist teasing for the, the entire thing, which, you know, is a very brotherly thing to do as well. So we've got these two brothers, blood brothers that are doing it, and then, like, career, career brothers. Professional. Professional brothers. Yeah.
0: Partners in crime.
1: On either end of this. the events happening. So it's really good to see both sides of the conflict. Uh, and so they set up these relationships so well. So anything that happens throughout the course of the film... Mm-hmm hits hard like it, it the impact of anything that changes between these dynamics and the the two sets of brothers you're just like yeah okay shit what or, or whatever
0: yeah um yeah because the the dialogue is so sort of it, it, it's so full and colorful and it, it, it's not showy it's not like tarantino-esque or anything like that it just feels really rich and flavorful and, and the characters really sort of bite into their lines. They stretch their legs out literally and figuratively in the, in the way they deliver their, you know, like half the movie, I swear to God, this sounds so boring, but half the movie is just characters sitting on a porch with a beer between their knuckles, you know, tossing, tossing the cap, flicking the cap and throwing back a bottle of beer and just, luxuriously enjoying the west texas sunshine talking about but those relationships
1: are so comfortable that you just
0: it's so good
1: it's so easy to watch Mm -hmm. and you, you just get sucked into everything they're saying because
0: everything they say is interesting and and you get such a great sense of place with I don't know what West Texas is like. I don't know how different it is from the rest of Texas. This movie really paints a picture of West Texas being its own unique place in America. Yeah. Um, but just the way that they're delivering their lines and just that, that deep, like, summer heat sets in and behind them is that windmill creaking. Yeah. Right, that steel windmill that's slowly creaking. Need some oil, but, you know... The the had... farm is falling apart and going to shit.
1: Well, uh, and it sh- it's showing, like, America falling apart, and they don't shy away from that either. Like, it shows these towns hit hard by how the economic uh, the, shift is... That's what I mean. Yeah, like, the like,
0: wind is not blowing, right? The, you're in a doldrum. You're almost, like, at, like marooned at sea, and, and, and there's no energy. There's no, you know economy running through this there's no nothing powering anything yeah and i did appreciate how those billboards and you know broke you know need alone. all the, over the place it's all over the place but it, it's limited to maybe the first half hour of the movie we didn't get that throughout the whole thing we didn't keep cutting back to reminders of we you saw, know,
1: we did see it, it shifted like we saw the broke needle loans, billboard signs to start off with. But then we started seeing for sale signs everywhere and then foreclose uh, foreclosures mm-hmm. and boarded up buildings. So just different ways to show how you, you could say the American heartland, I suppose, because Texas is a, like a huge population. Yeah. Um, How it's like disappearing and like it's just kind of awful, really. Like, that both the protagonists and antagonists, if you will, I guess the antagonists are really the banks in the movie, but both sets of brothers throughout the film comment on the banks being crooks. Like, so the Texas Rangers, this was one of my favorite parts of the film, when they're camping out waiting at a Texas Midlands Bank branch. Just because that's what Jeff Bridges wants to do, and of do. course
0: he's the type. He just he wanders on to crime scenes, and he just you know he just basically recreates. You know he's he's one of those pro. He's been doing it for investigators. his whole life. Yeah, yeah.
1: But just them sitting there, and Alberto Parker's character, uh, who's First Nations, talking about how the great grandparents of Jeff Bridges' uh, characters came and stole their land, and now their land has been stolen, but it wasn't through war it was stolen by them and he just points at the bank that they're trying to help out. Mm-hmm. It's like it's such a poignant little statement just thrown into the middle of the movie. It's like, "Oh, hey, guess what? It's not a war, but your land's been stolen from you by these assholes." Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and Jeff Bridges makes that clear. You know, he he doesn't shy away from it. He's in a, he's in one of the banks and he sees the the big chubby bank manager And he goes Well there's That looks like somebody Who can foreclose on a house Yeah You know so he's He's probably felt that Just as bad as the brothers have Right So uh I do love How they Bury each car After Like they, like they, they use a car For a bank job And then just bury it And they just straight up Dig a hole And just bury the entire car Underground just just bury it. Who gives a fuck? Pretty brilliant actually. Mhm. You know, it's never going to be put we'll back on the it. road. Nope. You know, it's, you don't have some burned out shell of a car that someone's going to identify. It's just it just disappears off the road forever. Uh I don't know. I thought that was kind of nice.
1: Yeah, it was all like the plan was a very good plan.
0: Mhm. Yeah. I think Overall. we can maybe, I don't know how big spoilers it is to get into the details of the plan. Uh, but I, I have some other thoughts. I mean, this movie's incredible. Um, I loved it. It's one of the best, easily the best of the year. For sure. Uh, coming out of nowhere helps it a lot, for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the humor, not like it's really not to be underestimated how funny this movie is. Uh, and especially Ben Foster and, and the, and as you said, the, the dynamic between Jeff Bridges and Gil Birmingham, aka Alfredo. He, the, the, it's just, you really see him getting beaten up, you know, verbally by Jeff Bridges the whole movie. And the audience just really, you automatically start siding with him because he's taking it, all of it. And I don't really, Get a sense of how long they've been partners for, because it seems like it seems like a while. To Al- me. Er- Alberto is, or is it Alfredo? It's it, Alberto. I, I mean, it seems like he's just he's he's barely gotten the hang of Jeff Bridges' style, and and you would you would understand that this this is just you know when he's when he's done with all of the Mexican jokes, he's going to start into the native into the Indian jokes. Like <laughs> that was a pretty great line, right? Um, he's so racist. You know, he he's sort of like a. I don't like the movie, but he's like a Grand Torino Clint Clint Eastwood, like, product a, of a like, bygone era, like a lovable racist in a weird way. You know, like um, is that a thing? I don't know. But I, Jeff Bridges seems to uh, be in just, this just, right.
1: Just these r- racist remarks that are meant to be teases, delivered so charmingly that the subject of them, yeah. kind of just lets it happen. Yeah. And, and
0: yeah. there's, there's a brilliant scene. One of the best scenes in the movie is in the hotel room. And it, it reminds me of, uh, it kind of reminds me of plane strains and automobiles for some reason. Yeah, Je- no, I can see that. <laughs> you know, okay. Steve, Steve Martin and John Candy. John Candy, just sort of these two mismatched dudes who are sort of on this weird mission and find themselves in a hotel room together unexpectedly. Um, but yeah, like Jeff, Jeff Bridges. At one point he he says you know like you'll get the hang of you're you're getting the hang of this I think you know at, at one point where Alfredo Alberto starts
1: tur- starts giving back he gives some back yeah,
0: yeah. and 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 Jeff Bridges smiles and he's like that's what I wanted that's yeah. like you're getting it now um and all of that is there like you said all of that character build up and just those nice long luxurious. Moments of dialogue and character interaction they're all there for a reason between each sets of characters they're they're there between Jeff Bridges and his partner, and they're there between the two brothers because when when we finally get to the final act, the payoff is just incredible between you know between all of the characters, but especially the ones that we form these two relationships with
1: absolutely. do we want to hit up spoilers? Are we there?
0: Um yeah, I guess so. Okay, so.
1: Final thoughts before spoilers. Just to to boil down everything they have been saying, the acting and writing like I can't really say anything bad. So I'm very curious to see your criticisms on the whole thing. But the acting, the pacing, the writing, I was just enthralled for this entire film. Like I was never taken out of it. Uh so fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The 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 pacing I really think is what does it and just the the dialogue being sort of as as like I said, luxurious and and perfectly paced as it is. Uh,
1: well, and adding um, you'd mentioned the people that they just seem to pull off the streets, having long pieces of dialogue delivered by these incidental characters,
0: strange weirdos off the just streets, like,
1: just grounds the story so well in reality because you know these small towns are going to have these characters. Right? You're going to have an old waitress who yeah. tells you what you're going to eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. Like,
0: what don't you want, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So spoilers for Hell or I. I think we can get.
1: Yeah, I think it's time.
0: I mean, anyone who's not seen it at this point, please rush out.
1: and go see it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, this should be expanding into wide release on the. Is it? Twenty fourth or twenty sixth? It's not out. It's in limited at this point. So I think the twenty sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers for Hell or High Water. Rosebud. Okay. So the the brilliance of robbing the 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 bank that is foreclosing on your own home. Like it's you could argue that it isn't even morally wrong.
1: No, and they said they set it up so well. Talking about in the one scene with is it a lawyer? The lawyer that they're dealing with. Yeah, um,
0: I mean this movie makes bankers look so bad, eh? like like evil.
1: While talking about, and they're not they're not far off these days. Like most of the economic problems in the world are because of banks. It's true. Um, yeah, how, how he just says, you know what. The bank loaned, and this is in the trailers too. The bank loaned your mama just enough to keep her poor, so that they could take her land from her. You know, when she passed away, mm. and that is that's not right at all. Like that's not what you do as a community. So having them rob these banks to pay them back is such poetic justice. Like it's priceless. It, it, it's.
0: It, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often. Like you, yeah. you know, you you owe a bunch of money to a bank. So the way to get out of it is to just rob them.
1: Well, it was super risky. Like uh, they had to, because they weren't going above twenties, so they yeah. had to take just the cash from and, the and, drawer.
0: And and the whole idea is to to acquire the money and use it legally. You know, so it's not like stolen money, essentially, right? And change it out a casino. The, the way they launder it through a casino just absolutely brilliant. And then you you get to pay off your loan on the level right yeah um just a brilliant scene with chris pine demand at, at the uh, towards the end of with the
1: with the money with,
0: with and he's giving the banker all the instructions like here's the lawyer you need to call uh i want to watch you fax it he's like well, it takes a while to prepare it it's like no i'm not leaving
1: it's like it's this is the end of the week. We're doing this now. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not there's we're no more a, excuses. Yeah, we're on a time limit here, asshole.
0: It's a it it like I said, it makes bankers look absolutely terrible. Um West Texas is fucking insane. I'll just say that.
1: All <laughs> this uh there's so many things I love about this film, and one of them is it kind of shows You know, the whole argument gun proponents are like, well, you know, if everyone has a gun, then none of this shit will happen and people can defend themselves. Yeah, well, guess what? One of the banks that are robbed, a guy pulls a gun on them and is dead then. Mm -hmm. He would have been fine. Yeah. His gun actually got him killed.
0: Yeah. So then it erupts into a giant chase scene, which is just... By the townsfolk. Amazing. (laughs) And I, I wonder... How often does this kind of shit happen? Because there's nothing illegal about about sort of taking the law into your own hands to oh, some yeah. degree. Well, I in, think it's in, pretty illegal in Texas. Well,
1: like um, that's why uh, when Jeff Bridges finally got there, he was telling him just to back <laughs> the
0: fuck off. Yeah. yeah, there's a great like he's, he's, guys. Can I shoot? He's like
1: no. Yeah, no, you can't shoot him. Right? Like, he's not. Be... Tr- he's not trespassing on your property. Already. Like. You can't just go and shoot somebody, yeah, yeah unless yeah. you're a law enforcement officer. Um,
0: but and yeah, end. and 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 the part right near the beginning where one of the uh, West Texan citizens rolls up in his pickup truck and says, you know, well, what's some someone robbed the bank? You know, oh, you know, if it were up to me, I would have them hanging from a, you know, lynched from a tree branch by sundown. Yeah, and then Jeff Bridges. Well, that would be a problem for nobody ex- except you except for you <laughs> <laughs> not if you can't find the tree branch Yeah. <laughs> so you know you can't like everyone in Texas is uh, west texas here established to be these you know vigilantes street you know basically out for street justice like anyone and everyone carries a gun you know they walk around the office with just a holster mhm <laughs> Like, this, you know, this is truly the Wild West in 2016. Leads to actually one of the, one of the funniest
1: scenes in the film where they're robbing the bank and the old man's in it. Uh, Sir, do you have a gun? Goddamn right, I do. Yeah. Chris Pine takes the gun and just puts it on the counter beside him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh... How long have
0: you lived in Texas? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit strange, you would imagine, that... These guys would know what state they're in well, and robbing banks in. You
1: think he'd at least take the bullets out of the gun before putting it down. Like it's just a revolver, <laughs> just open up, out they go. Hey. But, you know, whatever. It was funny.
0: Um What did you think of, you know, Katie Mixon? She's from Eastbound and Down as the uh she's the waitress. waitress. So, what did you think of the tip scene? Did you buy that that would be how because to me, None of that makes sense in, in terms of why we're supposed to feel sympathy for her. You know, oh, she got this giant tip, but it has to be taken away as evidence. Like, I understand that that would be terrible because you've got this bunch of money that is important to you, but I would... Like, any reasonable person at that point would go, well, if I withhold this money, then I'm implicated in a crime, so I... like I, you would re- like you would understand that if you don't hand over evidence, it's it's worth probably way more than just the two hundred dollars, because now you're in legal trouble, probably, right?
1: Yeah, but as she was selling it, and as can be seen with the environment around all of the locations of this film, everybody is poor. So she, like, she eventually gave it to him. I assume they leaned on her, saying, "You know, this."
0: We see that off screen, I guess, yeah. don't we?
1: But the fact that she doesn't want to give it up right away saying, no, you can't like, it's not evidence until you know that like, until you look, you have them or whatever. Right. Like they they don't even have the bank robbers yet. They just want to take the money for when it will be evidence. And she's like, no, this is my 200 bucks. I need to feed my kids. Like you asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I love how that comes back to bite them in the end because she won't like she didn't pick out any of the suspects in a lineup or or any pictures, yeah, because they took her money.
0: Yeah, so she could have, yeah, like to me, then I would think the cops would go back and say, okay, well, you knowingly withheld knowledge, like,
1: but they can't prove that, right? Yeah, because there, there was not, no it's other true. evidence. So,
0: um, so yeah, like the burst of violence towards the end, as you were saying in that in that bank heist where that uh, one dude gets killed, two. To, Two, two dudes, yeah, one one guy gets shot up, one of the security guards, and the other guy just gets his head just completely blown. Those sequences uh, were genuinely shocking to me yeah. because we spent the whole movie sort of doing these bank heists with a few kind of bullets shot here and there, and it's been a bit, it's, it's been a fun romp so far. And then uh, shit gets real. And shit gets real extremely fast, and we realize, like, oh, no, this, th- they're... They're they're pulling these bank heists probably in the worst state in America. You know, this is probably the worst place in America that you could be doing yep. I, the, these crimes. Like, you know, you are in the spider's web, I guess, at this stage. Um,
1: and it's interesting because the only reason they get away from the townsfolk that are waving their pitchforks, in this case, you know, revolvers at them and chasing them, is because Ben Foster has an automatic rifle. Exactly. That Chris Pine was like, "Why the hell do we even need this?"
0: It's Breaking Bad kind of moment, right? Yeah. With the the yeah. M60. Yeah, it, it's the only way to fight off a West Texan is with an assault rifle, because they're gonna, you know, I mean, they're gonna have all of the, you know, semi-automatic yeah. or just handgun weapons. But if you have, if you have a fully automatic assault rifle. That shit will stop you. It's an amazing scene where they all pile up on the highway, and you really think that maybe some shit's going to go down, because... They're setting up at a position to shoot these robbers. In the hail of bullets that has been raining down upon their pickup after they leave that final bank heist, like, you know that someone's hit, mm-hmm. right? mm where Chris Pine has taken one in the stomach, here you know that someone's been hit just by how many bullets have gone in. Uh,
1: and you can see it, like you can see it before they reveal too. Mm-hmm. Like when he's in the back of the truck, shirt's bit, sort of up. It's like, ki- it's kind of nice the way they do it. Yeah, it's, I was like, is that?
0: Yeah, like, it's very subtle, and then you don't, you don't have the sort of ah, I'm hit
1: because mm-hmm. uh, the adrenaline's pumping, right? So he doesn't necessarily feel it right away. So that's, I mean, he feels it, but not. It's, it's That's good. Painful. I mean, it's good.
0: It's, it's in a scene where it, your, your brain would go, Oh, he, he would have got shot, you know, it, but then you think, Oh, he did, you know, they just, yeah. it's such, it's everything happens so quickly, like it would in real life. Um, there's a brilliant scene, absolutely fucking brilliant, where Chris Pine with his bleeding, uh, Abdomen. Gu- gut, trying to get through a ride stop, like a check, oh, yeah. checkpoint with the cops. Absolutely amazing. I, I, how did your theater react to that scene and sort of how it resolved itself?
1: Everyone, uh, I think I heard a collective just afterwards because it was tense and there was very little dialogue there. It was just him sitting in a car. Mm-hmm.
0: Cops nodding at each other. You don't yeah, know yeah. what the nod means. Does that mean we got him or does that mean this... Guys, free to go, yeah. and then he sort of just holds the card up. Have a nice day, sir. And then, then the car sputters yeah, you're like oh shit, no. There and was a, there was
1: some there was some nervous laughter when that happened in my theater. It was brilliant. It was like, oh, and
0: it's it, it it it's I don't know if it was an intentional part of the take or like. Was that old car that they had? Was. I I just I don't know what the the director and editor and in, are intending at that moment. Are they intending for the audience to be worried? That the car won't start? I think so. And if it does, then what? Does that mean he has to get out of the car and yeah, because, reveal that because he's... Because if the
1: car doesn't start, they're going to try and help him, and they're going to start seeing
0: all sorts of shit in the shit, car. Yeah, yeah okay.
1: Because he's got a lot of blood on his shirt that he's hiding pretty well, definitely, just sitting there.
0: Definitely. I just, I don't, I, It it doesn't linger long enough for it to be drawn out as a dramatic moment. And it's not short enough for it just to be like, and the car, like it's it's just long enough for you to get, yeah, stressed I, about it.
1: I think it might have been a bit of a happy accident with the car, and <laughs> yeah. they're just like, let's leave that in, because you're right. If it was just a, if it turned over only like a couple of times, and the police guy actually came up and said, mm-hmm. "Do you need some?" and then it went or something, then you're like, okay, yeah. Whew. But the fact that it just took a little longer and no it's one good. really reacted. It's,
0: it's perfect. It feels real, yeah. right? It feels like a moment. Yeah. Um, I really, really felt sad when Alfredo takes one in the eye. Oh, shit. And when Ben Foster just climbs up on a ridge and just starts sniping, we know this is done, right? He's, he's essentially going like Dallas, you know, sniper in the tower.
1: Oh, he knows he's going on a blaze of glory.
0: It's just a shame that that's where it, where it all led to. However, Ben Foster took the hero steps to basically detach Chris Pine altogether from any responsibility or implication in the crime.
1: And he did that... Like, I loved that about his character because we get the little pieces throughout the film where he killed their dad, right? And he went to jail for aggravated assault, which we don't get a lot of details about, but it seems like it might have been on somebody else's behalf. So he... he He's a crazy loose cannon guy, but he's very protective of his family and people he cares about. So he goes out and comes up with this secondary plan that he doesn't tell his little brother about at all, in which he is going to take all of the heat for it, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's probably going to end really badly, just so Chris Pine can get away with it. Like, so he's... He's a really noble character, real like when it comes down to it. So yeah, it's,
0: yeah, like sacrificing himself in a truly noble way.
1: Yeah, except it's cheapened a little because he's actually shooting the other guys. That's,
0: um, that, that's where it becomes a bit intense where he he's like Alfredo.
1: But I think he you no know, he doesn't want to be caught, so he's got to be doing I don't think he meant to shoot, actually kill him, because he doesn't okay. shoot he doesn't actually shoot anybody else. It might have just been a unfortunate shot, I think.
0: You think so? I, I thought he was really aiming at
1: it could, it could be, but I mean he could have hit a bunch of other people there as well. Like throughout yeah. he only From all of his shooting he only hits one person. So maybe he's just not a very good shot. Um it's, yeah I think you could read it either way, honestly. I mean but it it
0: really it really, really turns the movie onto uh, you know like up to another level in such a perfect way where you've you you realize as soon as alfredo takes a bullet in the head alberto yeah i keep (laughs) fucking this whole thing up as soon as alberto takes that bullet and then it's just you know his brains are all over the ground like it's he's completely done yeah and jeff bridges begins to break down like legitimately uh and then we realize what all that was for, right? We, we now realize, I mean, it, it's, it's strange now that he's dead, that we realize what all that character development was leading to. Um, to give this moment such weight. Exactly. Uh, which is what films don't do
1: anymore. No, no, one they is never so do.
0: Good. And, and it's amazing that the sort of, there's more weight almost in a way to that relationship than <laughs> to the, 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 between the brothers almost, right? You, 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 you get, more weight than when than when Toby takes it in the head
1: it's true because
0: um, you know Tanner finds out just sort of through a newscast he's sitting in a bar and he overhears that his brother has been killed in the shootout Uh so there's a little less catharsis from that death that the, the, you know their their goodbye is a little less concrete, they don't know, you know, when they're when they're saying their goodbyes to each other, they don't necessarily know what the outcome's gonna be.
1: Well I get the sense that Ben Foster, so uh, Tanner, he knows what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. Whereas Chris Pine's not quite sure because it wasn't part of the plan, right? Like this is deviating from what he wanted. Yeah. Uh so you do see like Tanner being uncharacteristically loving, I guess. Like just the 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 shot where he's just staring at him over the top of his sunglasses. Is like looking at his brother and just yeah. like, like, you know that I love you or whatever. That was pretty good. Like, so he's saying goodbye and Chris Pine's just like, yeah, 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 I know, man. And he's not necessarily saying goodbye. So it's, it, it's very interesting seeing the two sides of that exchange. And then you see Chris Pine in the uh, casino later realizing
0: that it was. What that goodbye that, meant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes, that makes sense. I guess, from our perspective in the movie, we we feel Ben Foster is sort of, you know, it's a ride-or-die situation.
1: He even looks at, like, he doesn't try to move. He sees, maybe it's just he doesn't have time to react, but he sees for a good couple of seconds Jeff Bridges aiming the rifle right at him. Oh, yeah, oh, he's yeah. He's just like...
0: No, there's that little glint, yeah. that little sniper elite. Yeah, and
1: he sees it, and he, he might just not register right away because it is pretty quick. But it's almost like he know he knows that he's gonna die, so he just is like, oh bam, yeah. Shot I mean, head.
0: it's sort of like if you're sniping cops from a ridge, you you, you gotta know it's know, gonna end <laughs> you know you're probably gonna get sniped. Yeah. Right. Uh I what what do you think of the final so I, I love how we transition to you know it's a few maybe maybe a year later or something like that, and we, we get the final resolution of the plan. Chris Pine has basically bequeathed his mother's property now that it's been paid out from the bank. He's not going to own it personally because he might be implicated in these crimes might have to give it up. He has given it to his children.
1: And there's oil on it so they, and they're and good.
0: Perfect. There's oil on it and I love how we've gone from sort of the in the background the sound of you know steel windmills creaking in the doldrums in the sort of hot, windless prairies. Now we have pumping...
1: Yeah, the constant...
0: ...oil rigs just churning in the background. Uh, And it's great. This is the scene where, where we have Jeff Bridges coming along, essentially summing up the movie, right? Why did you rob all these banks if you knew that there was this?
1: Yeah, he's retired now, so he can't do anything legally... Yeah. Chris Pine got away with it because of Tanner. Like, and taking you knew, all the heat off of you him. You knew
0: that all the oil was on the land. Yeah. Right.
1: So, the exchange between the two of them, where Jeff Bridges is 100% sure that Chris Pine did it, and Chris Pine doesn't really hide the fact. He just, he doesn't come out and say, Yeah, I did it, mm. but he doesn't try to deny any of the accusations. Yeah. So, when Jeff Bridges asks, well, why? Like, my partner died. Like, what? why did all those people die? Well, why did those four, I think he said? Four, mm-hmm. Yeah, four people. Yeah. So, that would be Alberto, the two people at the bank, and Tanner. Why did the four people die? Um,
0: yeah, I don't think any other cops. No. Yeah.
1: Like, why did they have to die for this? And so, just the straight, the speech about how his family's always been poor, and he's like... I I've, I've been poor my whole life and now my kids aren't going to be. And it's just basically, "Hey, I did it for my kids. I don't care what you think."
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, I
1: don't even live here anymore.
0: It it does take a lot of the responsibility off of Chris Pine's shoulders, but then we do sort of we are left with a bit of an ambiguous ending. Um, but to back up a bit, I I Texas do, Justice. Yeah, I, I love what Jeff Bridges says about Ben Foster's character, in which you know he is—he is somebody who just steals, for the hell of it, right? He he would he, if he was here right now, he would have already bought some jet skis, and he'd find a way to blow the money just to give himself an excuse to rob to rob more to rob more banks, um, which is a, just a perfect way to sort of explain his character and his motivations, uh, and it's it, then you sort of realize oh Chris Pine, essentially used his brother in a way to make his you know his children's lives the best they can be right he knew that his brother could have the balls and the skills to pull off these bank heists
1: yeah well, i don't know about used so because tanner knew exactly what he was saying yes to mm-hmm. so i guess you could say used but i mean it wasn't a secret that what well, like what tanner was going to be doing for toby
0: yeah yeah, I guess sort of maybe not used, but sort of ex- took advantage of, his exploited br- it a little. His I think, yeah. his brother's skills for sure, um, and I wish the denouement ended a little earlier. I didn't, I didn't really like. I, I would have rather Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges have that standoff where they're sort of just squaring off in the front yard they get off the porch and sort of walk to the front yard and they both they kind of have their hands on their guns and they're just sort of threatening each other very mm-hmm. smooth and coy, sort of just very subtle threatens to each other. I would have just loved the movie to have ended on them just sort of staring at each other. We don't know. We know maybe they'll meet at a later date. Did somebody pull their gun right there? We don't know. Instead, we do have sort of a, a, a classic Western pullback you know, road, car driving off into the distance.
1: And then we can, you know, see the sunset, camera ro- down, pens down.
0: Beautiful shot. Cranes pull- down. Pull down into the nice golden grass. Yeah, it's a nice shot. I don't know why we had to have that. I, Just I, for the credits, so because <laughs> the credits roll over that entire shot. It's nice. It's it's nice. It's it's classy and old school. Um I just, I don't like when you have a road. It did go a little long. A road, yeah, it does feel like it's just, let's end it a little more abrupt. And i just not a fan of a road going off to the horizon with a car or something going down. Just thousands of movies end that way. We can do better. Um, I like this movie more than Sicario. Yeah, me too. Right? And that's saying something. That's saying quite a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Not that David McKenzie really—he did a great job here with the sort of time and place. Directing was fantastic. The script is the strong selling point here, and uh, the acting, obviously. Uh, but imagine if we had Denis Villeneuve or Roger Deakins behind something like this. So it's—it's it's saying something how good this movie is to say that it's better than Oh Yeah Sicario. Pretty amazing. Um, I just I'm putting this at a nine out of ten, ooh, if you can believe it.
1: It's pretty high for you.
0: It is. It's really high for me. Uh, I'm putting it that high because it's sort of the same reason why it has a 99 or 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I can't give this giving this an eight and a half feels just ingenuous. This is pretty close to a perfect movie. I can't find. I cannot find virtually any flaws, aside from what we just said there, with the ending dragging out maybe two or three minutes too long. Maybe not even that. A
1: minute. A minute long, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, as close to a perfect movie as you can get, especially in 2016, man.
1: Yeah, and I fully agree with you, unfortunately. We can't have some discussion about how I think this movie's a piece of shit. There's There's no way. There's not a chance. I dare somebody to find... Legitimate com- reasons that this movie is not good, and send them to us. Yeah,
0: um, verticalviewing at gmail it, it might not be your bag of bag of chips. You might not like westerns or bank robbery movies, or you know, sort of.
1: Which is fine. You might rate it a little lower, but then
0: it's not a just, bad. It's, it's not, not, bad. not a bad movie. You cannot you say just, this is bad. Yeah, no.
1: Uh, I'm giving it a nine and a half. Woo! Because you're right. I, other than the end that goes on slightly too long, I can't think of a single complaint about this movie. Everything yeah. just blew me away. It came out of nowhere. I love this thing. It is definitely my top film of the year so far. It is, eh? Yeah.
0: It's it's doing it for you even more than Swiss Army Man?
1: Uh, Well, I don't think Swiss Army Man was my top. It's up there. It's okay. probably in my top three. Zootopia, actually, surprisingly, Ooh. is in my top three as well. So
0: it, it feels good, folks, to get this thing coming out of nowhere and to top off a terrible summer that just I like I feel like there's there's still shit caked in my mouth from eating like this. We ate dog shit all summer, man. I think
1: we're having a strong finish, like Kubo. Uh, yeah. We will review next week. Unfortunately, I won't be around for that, but I, I'll still check it out.
0: Yeah, leave us a voicemail next week. I'm, I mean, as the critics are really, getting really strong good reviews, on that one. So. Yeah, um, but we're heading into a shitty September with not a lot of good stuff in there.
1: So, so we had a shitty summer that started. Yeah. I mean, even if you didn't really enjoy Civil War, I, I thought that kicked off the summer pretty well. I was like, all right, this is going well. And then, what the fuck? And now we end on a pretty strong What race. a stunner, so, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Hell or well, Swiss Army <laughs> Men was in there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hell or High Water is a masterpiece. It is spectacular. This will be high on our top ten lists. Oh, I guarantee Still by you. the end of the year. Everyone should go see it. It is in limited release right now. It is expanding on the 26th of August.
1: Yeah, look it up. I'm pretty sure in Vancouver proper it's 5th Ave Cinemas. Yeah,
0: it'll expand into a lot more cinemas this coming Friday. And I'm sure it will be on Blu-ray and VOD not too long after. Probably not. You know, it doesn't usually take long for these to get out there.
1: This is a movie that should be making hundreds of millions of dollars. It's like
0: it's just not the type to do it. But I know. Uh yeah. Everybody, please rush out to see Hell or High Water. Unbelievable. As, <laughs> do yourself a favor. Yes. Yeah. As Mike said, next week we are reviewing Kubo in the two strings. Super excited for this. Um It looks pretty great. We are excited to have Diana Bang on the show. Hopefully, friend of the show. Uh, star of The Interview with Seth Rogen and James Franco. Uh, she was on our Revenant, Revenant, yep. Revenant review back in January. This has been quite a while since we've had her. No, she was down in show. L.A. for a while. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure we'll hear more about. This should be fun. Where can we find you on the internet?
1: I'm at Michael R. Lind on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I'm Miguel Lind on Instagram. That's it.
0: Okay. I am uh, on Twitter at Vertical Viewing. No, that's not where I... <laughs> At Scott Wilson BC, that's with two L's. The whole show, you can check us out. It is at Vertical Viewing on Twitter. Vertical Viewing at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Hell or High Water, if you agree or disagree with our takes.
1: Yes, and that was a legitimate dare. I dare you to come up with things that are wrong.
0: That are me. wrong with this movie. Please. Um, willing to hear them. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Right? Vertical Viewing at gmail.com. Verticalviewing.com is where you want to go if you want to donate to the show. Uh, we appreciate anything you can do. Bitcoin, Dogecoin's coming soon. Right now it's PayPal. Pennies. Yeah. Anything you can do. It helps us offset, uh, the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, renting out a slice of the internet, and then delivering it into your ear holes Using- every weekend. Uh, for free. Comes at you for free. Let's we do- usually post Monday mornings isn't that that's generally yeah 7am pacific usually um yeah go to itunes you're gonna leave us your ice cream cake recipes fuck yeah
1: I so badly want an ice cream cake recipe yeah
0: I don't I don't know how it's done especially when you make those cool little like lines on the outside and it seems crazy to me
1: I assume they take a little zamboni and just
0: yeah cake zamboni yep yeah
1: of course. Why wouldn't you do that?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, for sure. iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Your cake recipes are welcome. Uh, any final thoughts, Mike?
1: I, I yeah, no. Really, I'm just blown away by this film.
0: Mm-hmm. And it feels really good. Everyone t- is to, so good in it. To finally get something that's genuinely of quality, it really made you feel like the whole film industry was just... Just phoning everything in for a while, right?
1: Yeah, this year was kind of a critical mass because everything was a reboot or a sequel or Mm -hmm. something along those lines. Feels good. And they were all just mass-produced
0: pieces of shit. And then you get this gem. And it's amazing. Yes. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Like we said next week, Kubo and the Two Strings. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Oh, yes.
1: And as always, Mm. keep it vertical.